Tonight, one of America's most famous families engaged in a very public feud. Hi, I'm Jack Schlossberg, and I have something to say. Let's not be distracted again by somebody's vanity project. He's trading in on Camelot, celebrity, conspiracy theories, and conflict for personal gain and fame. He's not alone. RFK Jr.'s sister, Carrie Kennedy, and nephew, former Congressman Joe Kennedy, have condemned the remarks. You are slandering me directly. You're saying is dishonest. And here's how you know that RFK is getting under their skin. The media is now comparing him to Trump. Parallels between Trump and Bobby Kennedy Jr. are kind of stunning. They'll throw these grenades out and let them explode and then walk away and go, look, I didn't do anything. We have now opened this uh, can of worms where kind of contrarian, eccentric candidates are running. And it was Donald Trump first in the Republican Party. And now we're seeing it in the Democratic Party. I have not wanted to enable his access to the drug addiction that he has never conquered. The drug addiction that has been with him for all of his adult life. The addiction to attention. And we back. The Conspiracy Gangster, your host, Sean Chris. Where we bring news with attitude. You know what I'm saying? We break down a different perspective. Let's get all that stuff out in front. Don't forget to get your tickets for 40 in the Airwaves. October 6th, 7th, and 8th. 8 Ohio. It'll be a fun time. Got a special thing going on over there. You know, we're, tickets are going hot, man. We only got 200, so get on that. You know, just kind of give you helpful reminders. And, you know, you can follow us at Kill the Mockingbird podcast on Instagram. Go to killthemockingbirds.com. You can follow me at Sean Chris Music on Instagram. And check out all my music, Sean Chris, on all music streaming platforms. But as you heard the intro, let's get into it, right? Uh kind of getting down the whole Bobby the K. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> yeah, kick it all straight. Like, I wanted to get into this um, Robert Kennedy thing. Um, what is it all about? And what do I think of it? Uh, actually, someone I was working on this already, and um, someone reached out to and was wondering what well, our thoughts on RFK, and uh, I'm going to give mine, and I'm going to present a little bit a couple pieces, some uh, things that he's talked about and what I think is going on with him. And then I got a couple other little articles and uh, clips for you. So let's get into this. So we've been hearing about RFK. Huge in the news. I mean, they did it hard. Like, uh, we didn't hear him right away in 2020. I think I want to say like uh, 2021, it started like really getting his name circulated with all the others in, in this realm with Peter McCullough and then Malone. Who I, and he admits on Rogan that uh, uh, Robert Malone admits that he has spook friends that are in the CIA. So that was interesting to me as well. And RFK, who's running as a Democrat, meaning behind the DNC, he's not running independent. He's not doing his own thing. He's running within the system. So that gets me thinking. He's pretty much Democratic royalty. And the way they're attacking him. I kind of see this whole Trump thing again. Reminds me of like the first, you know, the 2016 election when you heard a lot about Trump and uh, misinformation of Trump and they would twist his words and kind of get him in this like box of like, yeah, he said this and that's not actually what he said. So that gives credence to other people to want to follow them more because they're like, no, he didn't say that. The news is lying about him. And I'm under the belief that the Mockingbird media has kind of changed gears. They switched up gears a little bit. And instead of just like laying it on like, hey, you should love this guy. It's like now to get the guy they want, they smear campaign them. Because that now gets us, the people, because the working class people are pretty much fed up with a lot of politics. And since we're fed up with politics... That gets us into this boat of going for the good guy that we think, the guy that's going against the establishment. And I don't think Robert Kennedy necessarily is. When you hear him speak, sometimes he really does sound because he has some great things to say. Um, 
things that we could get behind, things that we believe that we know. We talked about bio labs in Ukraine and that being the war. He had a cry, you know, like a, a war, an anti-war cry. Like where a lot of us are anti-war. We do not want to be in Ukraine. We don't want to be in any foreign war, let alone a war on um, our ground. So a lot of people could jump behind that really easy. And again, him going at the vaccine industry, talking about a lot of the laws in place that gets people going. That gets us to where we're like, yeah, man, we got this guy. He's, he's our champion. He's going to go get the white house or at least run for the white house, get some of these issues out there. And my belief is that they're kind of spending this as the democratic Trump where you see the CNNs of the world, the democratic party going after him. And if you remember what happened when they did that with Trump, it propelled him to win. Now, some think that he won and he wasn't supposed to win, but like, you know, they had white hats, wink, wink, that uh, (laughs) helped him get there. But I disagree. I think it was this bad press that kept him in the American psyche because whether you love them or hate them, look look at uh six nine, Takashi Six Nine. A lot of people hate him, but they're constantly sharing him or talking about him, which is keeping him relevant, which makes others be like, hey, maybe I'll check it out. So I think this whole hate for Trump has been great. It's kind of been borderline. You keep seeing them kind of reignite it because they're trying to get it going. And I think they're doing the same thing with Robert Kennedy. You know, they've had hearings, um, about his censorship and him being censored. And, and, you know, we agree, like we saw uh, his Instagram get taken down. We've seen him be censored on Twitter. And I think his Twitter was taken down at one point. But what's interesting is that he's so censored, but he's been on Fox, ABC. Uh, I'm not sure if he's been on MSNBC, but he's been on, I think, CNN. He's been on all different types of programs. And to be that censored and to talk about, hey, we're... No one's listening to me. I'm not getting my message out, but being able to get on these huge networks, whether it seems like they're smear campaigning or not, is what is going to get people to keep him in their mind when they're going to go to vote. So one of the things he did say was podcasting will pick the next president. And I thought that was interesting because he's been on all kinds of different podcasts. But before we get into all that, I wanted to take a little bit of that hearing and play it for you guys. I don't know if you guys heard it, but Stacy Plaskett, she's a delegate of the United States House of Representatives for uh, Virgin Islands. She had a like soundbite. You know how they, you can hear, you probably heard in the intro, the beginning intro. These soundbites, and that's why I believe Marjorie Taylor Greene, AOC, they're the same type of person. Do they have like different um, approaches a little bit. Do they have like, are they arguing for different things? Yes, definitely. But the way that they approach the government is very establishment. In my opinion, they're looking for sound bites. They're trying to get on Tucker, trying to get on Hannity, trying to get on whatever CNN show is. I don't even know the people on CNN anymore. Um, trying to get on there. But Stacy Plaskett did that, right? She kind of grilled RFK Jr. And, you know, throughout the thing, they were calling him anti-Semitic which is a a bogus buzzword that they're using just to kind of like stick it to him and out him. But to me, it's like a, a, let's use CNN's favorite phrase, a dog whistle for the American people that are against the establishment. It kind of tricks them. And they're like, hey, he's against the establishment because this Mockingbird media people are just attacking him. And I believe... As I'm presenting, you'll see it here first. And this is the same thing. Now, keep in mind, this is like the same thing that they were doing with Trump. Here is Stacey Plaskett. What was wrong with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. being there today? I mean, why did it so anger you or appall you? I think that what's, well, I think what's so upsetting about my Republican colleagues is that they are giving a platform to an individual who is spewing conspiracy theories that are based on quasi-science, um, false uh, information, who is trying to get individuals pitted against one another, who is trying to deny people life-saving uh, information. We know that his group, his children's defense group, were the ones who spread information in Minnesota 
which led to a rash of measles outbreak among a Somali community because they believed that those vaccines were in fact harmful to them. These are the kinds of things that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is doing, and he's using his family's name as a shield to be able to uh, reach him and let individuals know that this is not who his father was, this is not who his uncles were, and we need to stop giving him the credibility that they had because this guy is is not uh, is he's not safe for the American people. The things that he says is going to get us all in trouble. It's going to get us all in trouble, right? Spilling the beans. And that's what we would hear about Trump, disinformation, uh, building this character, this evil villain, which he is doing. And ironically, this um, Plaskins, Stacey Plaskins, she was also called out during that little hearing. You know, she had her little piece. Like, again, I, I didn't want to play it again because you could hear it in the intro, but she was called out. Because she has some weird connections and she was called out by Kat Kamak or Kat Kamak or I'm not really, I'm probably slaughtering her name, which is probably the easiest name you would think. But uh, yeah, I did mess that up. Republican uh, Congresswoman from Florida. She called her out because Plaskins had called out Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on his connections with some super PACs and he, you know, who's donating to him. And he's like uh, denying it, which is also something interesting that um, we'll do a deep dive later, especially when we get closer to the election, not closer to the elections. I think closer to the end of this year, I'm going to do a bigger deep dive on all the candidates and all their the people funding them, because I think that's important for us all to know. But this cat comes at Plaskins with like, OK, well, you're talking about these super PACs that, you know, Robert Kennedy doesn't know of. Now, let's talk about your connections. I have to bring this up. And, and since the, the, the door was opened, uh, you know, I, I'm deeply concerned about the fact that there were FEC reports brought up. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, you acknowledge that you don't know where those came from. Uh, you said that you have no affiliation with those. Uh, that PAC, that super PAC, I believe, um, uh, the ranking member said she was deeply concerned um, about the affiliation. And we seem to have a guilty by association theme going on here. And so I just have to state for the record that I myself am deeply concerned about the affiliation of the convicted sex trafficker, Jeffrey Epstein, of which the ranking member took campaign donation money from. So I think that's the beauty of the First Amendment is that we have a right to say what we want to say, but we also have the right to be offended. Embarrassing. <laughs> it's the same shit, right? Like we hear all the time. So she has a lot of connections, Plaskin, with uh, Epstein donating to her and there was some other Things we'll go into later, but I just wanted to briefly go over that. But she has ties to Jeffrey Epstein, which is interesting. And they bring up some other things that like who Kennedy was like. I think there was some talk of Kennedy having some donors that were either well, whether it was not Epstein or somebody related to that camp. And they were arguing about like, well, do you know, like he didn't know, you know, just random people give him money, blah, 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 blah. And she kind of did the same thing. Ironic how they're all on the same page. But let's get back onto the task at hand. Because at this task, we have is trying to find out and peel back the layers of someone like RFK Jr. You got to imagine his whole life, how he's lived, is totally different than us, right? He's not living, working for a paycheck. He's been in this dynasty of a political party since he was born, you know, he was born into it, basically. And I found it interesting that they're just attacking him crazy like they did Trump. And here is our good buddy Joel Thomas's love of his life going at and also putting RFK on the map. And what they're doing is, again, they're painting him as the anti-establishment candidate. Really makes you wonder, what is it that Kennedy stands for that has the right so head over heels for him? Is it his years of work as an anti-vaccine advocate? His repeatedly debunked claim that vaccines cause autism? 
Is it his trafficking in a variety of COVID vaccine conspiracy theories, including ones involving microchips being inserted into all of our bodies? Are they fans of his recent comments that COVID was, quote, ethnically targeted to spare Chinese and Jewish people? Or is it his assertion that antidepressants like Prozac have caused the rise of school shootings in America? Obviously, completely insane and not true. Or that Wi-Fi causes cancer and something called leaky brain, whatever that may be. Or is it his claim that chemicals in the water could be turning kids transgender? I couldn't even cover all of these outlandish, crazy claims because we need to continue with our show. I thought I would take this moment, you know what I'm saying, to use, to tell you to go to change.org. Bring back Saki Bomb. Help Joel reunite with his past bloodline of ginger Nephilim babies and they could procreate together. All you got to do is go to killthemockingbirds.com, click on change the world, and right there you'll see the link for Bring Back Saki Bomb. Hashtag save the gingers. <laughs> All right. Now you see Saki was playing that same role. Attacking him just like they would attack Trump. Painting him as the anti-establishment. Everybody that was going against the vaccine, anti-establishment. Everybody going against the CIA tactics and things of that nature. He's brought up things where he's going at the CIA, anti-establishment. The reason why I don't trust him as much, and I'm not saying that I'm 100% right. I'm that definitely could be wrong. This is just my hunch. This is what I feel. And I, I know I'm not the only one thinking this. Is there's plenty of other podcasters that are bringing light to this to be cautious because you not, should not idolize anybody and should be careful of who we vote for, which we've been really bad and had a bad track record. And anybody that's still running with the DNC or their GOP, in my opinion, they lose all credibility because you can't win. You can't win with them. They're not going to allow it. They're going to dictate what they want. So you're going to get their message across. And I think they found a new way to really get to Americans. And that is by painting this hero into this anti-hero. Like, you know, hey, yeah, he was a rich guy. And he went to all the boarding schools and he did it all wrong. But he figured out what the establishment's about. And he's here to save us. That's how I feel Trump was. And that's the exact same thing I see with Kennedy. Here's him on Fox Business breaking down a little bit of that CIA stuff I was talking about. There is this network in place. I mean, Trump calls it the swamp. Others call it, you know, uh, just this, this network of establishment that is hard to get around. I've seen your comments about the CIA and the assassination of your uncle and, 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 and father that they were involved. How do you get and break this, this enormous network? Well, you have to, I mean, you have to do it agency by agency because the, um, the, the fulcrum of the corruption of this corrupt uh, merger of state and corporate power is happening within the agencies. And each of those agencies have, have different issues of uh, the agency cap that have, that have promoted and prompted the capture of those agencies by the industries they're supposed to regulate. With the intelligence agencies in many of them, although not all of them, are now serving the purpose of enriching the military-industrial complex and expanding its power for some military contractors. My uncle recognized this, that the function of the CIA had devolved into providing the military-industrial complex with a constant uh, pipeline of new wars in order to enrich, enrich military contractors and expand the power of the intelligence apparatus. Unbelievable. So what does that make you think, right? You think like, okay... He must be a good guy. He's calling out the CIA. But it kind of brings back what a lot of people are thinking is that there's this internal struggle. It's been brought about a lot, especially around like, you know, 2019, 2020, when people were arguing about the whole Q, Q and on <laughs> the Q and on pronouns. They were arguing about this is a DIA versus CIA and DIA brought in Trump. And that's probably why they may have implemented some of the psychological warfare. There's this internal struggle with bureaucrats. And now people are believing that the CIA may be pushing Kennedy, right? He may be that rebrand. And you're going to have to take some flack. You can't just be like, oh, the CIA is great. They know 
how the world is now, the way that people are going to act with the things they say. They're not going to just be like, oh, okay, we're going to love you all. They've had a bad taste in their mouth with American politics for a while now. It's going to take more. You're going to have to break them down to our level. And that's what I believe they're doing with these candidates. They're not real candidates. They're what they would like. They're the people they would like to bring into the sphere of things. And again, this is my speculation, uh, just kind of my observations of how Kennedy's been treated the same way Trump's been treated. And I feel like they're similar, I guess, for a better word, psyop. Uh, that's what they're really intent, the intention of it. And I also have this other little thought. What if RFK Jr. is part of that DIA and, you know, the CIA push maybe is with Gavin Newsom or somebody else or maybe continue with Biden? And maybe that RFK is a little poke at the little QAnon people for that whole JFK Jr. is coming back. Like, what if it's some kind of troll? It would be interesting, especially if you see somehow, which I don't think we'll see, but you never know. Anything can happen nowadays. If RFK Jr. somehow runs with Trump, then I definitely think it's a troll at the Q community because why else? He came out of nowhere. I mean, he, he wasn't really talking about a lot of stuff. Yes, we talk, heard him about like vaccine, uh, adver, advocated against vaccines and more regulation for a while now in the 2000s. But it was interesting how we just jumped to the mainstream out of nowhere. And there is some stuff that is like, to be said about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You heard it a little bit. I think it was uh, Acosta. He was on CNN talking about his addiction. Now, he said his addiction to attention, but he was also kind of taking a little pot shot because Kennedy was a heroin addict. And I think what people are doing, just like Vivin, I think I'm saying his name wrong, that Republican candidate, there's a different approach to sway the American people because... The propaganda has been laid on thick and a lot of us are not falling for the propaganda anymore. So I think we're going to see these so-called genuine candidates that they're really giving us their genuine selves. But I don't think that's necessarily what's going on. Now we have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. going on a, po uh, a podcast called uh, Math Hoffa's podcast. Uh, if you don't know Math Hoffa, he's a rapper, also a big bad rapper. Um, been in the game for a while, worked with a lot of different artists. And I thought it was interesting enough that Kennedy's going on there and he's talking about his addictions. You, 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 you talked about your addiction issues. Uh, I've never, the, the only presidential hopeful I've ever heard admit that he used any kind of barbiturate was Bill Clinton talking about smoking weed and he didn't inhale, but sure. Uh, I inhale for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's partly what I'm talking about. Like you're very open about the fact that this is a part of your history. And before the interview really kicked off, you talked about having a hole yes, yes. in your soul that you felt like, shout out to Aerosmith, that you felt like you couldn't fill. Yeah. Is that what caused you to yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I've been going to 12-step meetings for, I've probably been to, I don't know, 20,000 of them. So mm -hmm. like, you hear people's stories and there's a high percentage of people like me who believe they were born with the addiction. And then there's other people who think that they got it later on in life, that they crossed the line. And once you, you know, they say, once you become a, uh, if you're a cucumber, once you become a pickle, you can't become a cucumber again. Yeah. That once you cross this certain line, you, you then, you know, you can't go back. For me, I felt that, um, that kind of gnawing empty hole from when I was a little kid. My drug of choice was heroin. So within four weeks of that, I was shooting heroin. Mm. And I, I had been around, you know, animals my whole life and, and given them hypodermic needles and it made sense to me, um, you know, that it would be more efficient to, uh, to inject the drug. So I, I, you know, I did that and I was addicted for until I was 28 years old and then I got sober. I was trying the whole time. I just didn't know how to do it. And I would go for weeks. I would go for months. What was the difference in 28? And, well, I got into a 12-step program. Mm -hmm. And then and I had a spiritual awakening. And it was like, it was lifted. So, and it, you know, it was, it was like a miracle, as much a miracle for me as if I'd been able to walk on water. So like I said, 
he has the ability to change his life. Anybody could change their life. Anybody can give their life to God or have a spiritual awakening, have a moment where they, an enlightenment moment where you kind of see the bigger picture. I just find it strange that he switches on his topic. So, right. He's, and I, I get it. Like people probably think that about me at times. Like I go one way. I was, uh, you know, anti like this vaccine. I'm not saying I'm all anti all vaccines. I, I think there's much needed regulation that is not there. I uh, was like definitely anti us being forced to do anything. And then people would find out that, you know, I wasn't really keen on the police. Which, in my opinion, I'm like, hey, they're the ones that would be enforcing this. And, you know, there was arguments. I mean, I had some really actually good discussions about it with people because I think it's an interesting thing for us all to speak on sometimes, like to figure out like what's going on in the world. But when you start seeing his ties and then he's like, had a town hall at CNN and someone steps up and speaks about uh, gun control. And he said, if there was a good gun control legislation presented to him, he'd sign it immediately. And I think all gun control is bad. Again, my opinions, my beliefs, any regulation, because I don't think it really stops anything. Not saying there is, the system should balance itself out where we use regulation as lawsuits, uh, faulty manufacturers where we attack people and get rid of their business. Let the people that should fail, fail. Then he, he advocates for other things as well. And he had some, so again, he did not say anything anti-Semitic. You heard that throughout the whole little spiel of them trying to grill Bobby Kennedy, right? They tried to grill him, call him anti-Semitic. He didn't say anything anti-Semitic. He just talked about and cited from a study. If you hear the actual recording, if you go to, uh, uh, I think it's, uh, was it the New York Times? Uh, New York Post, maybe? I think it was the New York Post. If you go to the New York Post article, there's plenty of it. But if you put it in Robert Kennedy saying, uh, about uh, the COVID-19 vaccine targeting white and black people in America. You listen, and what he says is these studies suggest that it's going after white and black Americans and uh, some, I think it was Kazazi, uh, probably said that name wrong, Jewish people, and um, I think Han Chinese were the least people affected by it. These were studies he was citing. He did not say, this is my personal opinion of what's happening. And I think that's where you get, it's like that Trump line where they go, you know, very fine people on both sides where they're like, oh, he's, he's saying that he's good with like, you know, he's a white supremacist. Those little twists are what the Mockingbird media uses to manipulate now. They twist it. So now that... You think, oh, they're against him, so that means he must be a good guy. And I think the opposite. I think they're understanding that times have changed, that the way that they approach media has to change, and we're seeing that. And after being called anti-Semitic, which I don't believe he should have had to apologize for, well, we see Robert Kennedy Jr., and he even retweeted this. And um, he had he was at the World Value Network and he's talking about this rhetoric is dangerous and inaccurate, like the Democratic Party is describing him as, you know, anti-Semitic. And he says the Democratic Party to describe Israel as a apartheid state. That's interesting as well, because even though you might not be for the progressives, which me either, AOC, all those idiots, I'm not down with them. But the Palestine thing is a real deal. Like to act as if Palestine is just some terrorist organization that is trying to steal land from Israel is bogus, in my opinion. And what I've seen, I've seen videos of Israeli soldiers pegging little kids, uh, uh, Palestinian kids with rocks on their way to school. I've seen them attack Palestinians. And then there's aggression back as well. And then are they also used by like Iran? Yeah, of course, they're a proxy for Iran as well. But to deny the fact that how Israel treated Palestine and they stole some of their land, in my opinion, again, that's how I feel about it. Everybody's going to feel different. But he had posted this whole video. You could check it out on my uh, Twitter if you go to my Twitter. What is my Twitter? I don't think I even, I don't really promote it as much. I just kind of just uh, go on there to like find a couple stories. Well, what's it? X now, my bad. But 
I just kind of post stuff. If you want to follow me there, I don't post as much. I just kind of retweet things, stories that I find interesting or to remind me to use it later on. But you can follow me at, at Sean Chris KTMB on X now, right, man? The the Masonic site, which <laughs> everybody's saying. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, but you can see that video on there. And basically, he's apologized. He's on a po- uh, apology tour saying, you know, like, I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm sorry I'm with Israel. I'm tied with Israel now. There's more to be said, and I think we're going to do more on Bobby the Op. I think that's what I'm going to call this episode, Bobby the Op. We're going to do more on him, and I also want to do some other things because I saw Jen Psaki. She did, like, a special report with Gavin Newsom in the past few months. She did a special report with AOC. Um, They may have some kind of team. I mean, you know, maybe I'm get three out of four, right? I thought it was going to be Trump and Kanye versus uh, Newsom and AOC or AOC and Newsom. What? What if I get three out of four? That's pretty good, right? And maybe Kennedy jumps in as the Kanye filler, the the little loop-de-loop. Make your own judgments up, of course, of these people. I just suggest looking into it more. Uh, Like I said, as elections go on, I'll probably get into deeper into this because I want to see the finances of who's donating to who on all parties. Don't trust China. China is asshole. That brings us into our next topic. I've never seen anything like this mysterious Chinese biolab discovered in remote California city. So they've discovered a Chinese biolab in California. Well, we're now learning more about a biological lab in Reedley that's been shut down by the Fresno County Department of Public Health. Fox 26 reporter Rich Rodriguez explains what kind of testing took place for months in the warehouse no one in town says they knew about. From October 2022 until spring 2023, this warehouse at 850 I Street in Reedley was operating a biological lab. It was a well-kept secret. After seeing signs of activity there, the city of Reedley asked Fresno County Department of Public Health to investigate. Just a significant amount of over like 36 refrigerator freezers uh, located on site, and there was a lot of biological agents on there. So there was a lot of uh, contents of blood, serum, everything that a bi- biological lab would normally have. Las Vegas-based Prestige Biotech was doing the testing. The company was using hundreds of mice, which had to be euthanized. They were utilizing the laboratory mice to see whether or not their COVID test kits were actually um, um, testing for COVID. So that was their purpose for having the laboratory mice on site. Fresno County Public Health asked for help from state and federal agencies. Prado says it's not illegal to create a biological lab. The county went to its legal toolbox to shut it down. We use a health officer or authority to actually issue the order for inspection, assess what's on site, what are we really dealing with here. Once we um, completed that assessment, we then moved towards an abatement warrant. That is actually signed by a judge. County Public Health destroyed all the biologicals in the warehouse. That project was finished July 7. Prada was never seen anything like this in his 27-year career. Here at the Public Health Department, we operate our own lab, so we're very well-versed in the legal um, requirements and how to maintain and control an infectious agent. And there was just a complete absence of those controls in place at the warehouse. Signs posted at the warehouse read, unsafe to occupy. Reedley City Manager says it's their responsibility to make sure the building stays unoccupied. The city recently turned off electricity to the building. So they found 900 genetically engineered mice that were to catch and carry COVID-19. And as the report said, uh, supposedly to see if their tests were working. I thought that was pretty interesting. Right under our noses. Who knows how long it's actually been there. It was found because I guess uh, a maintenance dude seen the hose running uh, from another building and it kind of opened that all wide open. And interesting that it was in California when you had all those deals with Gavin Newsom and the CCP with mass deals. So it's something to look into too. How many other bio labs are there in the United States of America that are run by China? Stay tuned. We'll find out. <laughs> Also, I wanted to talk a little bit about WorldCoin, that Sam Altman launches eyeball scanning crypto coin. People were standing in line like thousands and thousands 
uh, different locations uh, around the world. I thought this was interesting. I'm going to read the BBC article and like, let's see if you could catch the code. The first step in the crypto utopia as laid out by WorldCoin through relies on getting millions, maybe even billions of people to scan their iris to prove they are human. Since testing for scanners began two years ago, WorldCoin says more than 2 million people have been added to crypto database in 33 different countries. I think you guys figured out the code right there. But let's get a little bit further. I have a clip to show you guys that kind of gets it a little bit more extensive of what's going on here. So, Joe, this is an eyeball scanning project. It creates a digital identity, proof of personhood, yeah. the company says. But is this basically just the ultimate hype sandwich, crypto and AI smashed together? I mean, it kind of is. I've been so fascinated by this company for years since it's launched because the idea that we're all going to get this like big orb and they have this like multi-pound orb and I've held it and it's going to scan your eyeball and it's going to create a unique per, uh, uh, form of identity and you're going to get a universal basic income through that identity and it's related to crypto on its wallet. It's like so like everything, as you said, this sort of like maybe like a hype sandwich. But on the other hand, when you think about AI and you think about the various risks, whether it's uh, sort of disruption to jobs or the idea that an AI could say impersonate a person or impersonate a loved one, et cetera. Are you really the person that you claim to are? It's kind of like a very like interesting, ambitious problem that they've tackled. So even as weird as it sounds and everything, like I'm kind of just like absolutely fascinated to see Joe, where it goes. Speaking of the risks here, what are the security risks of the yeah. eyeball scanning that is happening here and, and, and tying it to, you know, your economic future? I mean, are there real concerns yeah. behind the project? Absolutely. I mean, look, is they're scanning your eyeball. I mean, obviously, there, there have been some criticisms about privacy and whether there's a database. They claim that there will be none, that all of the logic is not in some centralized database, like, say, the Social Security Administration, which has a database of everyone's Social Security number, that it's this unique hash that all the logic is More contained. or less hackable, the Social and, Security and Network say, or the World Right, Coin yeah, database. and they say no, yeah. and, you know, and, you know, that they have, like, 13 ways of scanning your eyeballs, so, like, they can tell maybe if you're, like, under duress if someone's like put your face in front of one of these scans or something but it's like pretty sci-fi stuff An orb that scans your 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 eye that's interesting right and worrying about hackers is one thing but also worry about where that data would be stored uh who would it be sold to would it be sold to governments would it be sold to people that are invested in esg that's a very possibility and you know we talk about occultic stuff on this show. I know um, some different, everybody has their own little sphere, right? Like I, I'm stronger in the geopolitical. Um, Joe loves like the Nephilim. We got Juan with like homunculus. We got like Justin and Jay, like, you know, the cryptid side. I mean, we all like follow all of it, but I've noticed that there's these pockets. And as we've been researching more and going to think there is a lot of this occultic stuff, whether it is real or not. People do believe it. Why is it an orb? Why is it your eye? Why is it in 33 countries? Um, Scans your eye 13 times. These numbers are, are significant for a reason. And something to be look out, look out for. Also, what I'm thinking is, because the eye is like this biometrics ID where they're doing palm prints and eye scans. Russia is really leading the way in that. When governments get that, will we willingly give it to governments? No, but will people willingly give it up for 50 bucks or $10 or a free subscription or sure, or to be the first at whatever it may be, because people want to be the first in these things. I think that's definitely what's going on here. And to fast forward a little bit to kind of connect this together a little bit. We had an old video from 2020 from Nicole Schwab, which is Klaus Schwab's daughter, and she makes some admissions in the video. And this was recorded in 2020, but it just started circulating. And pretty much he talks about permanent climate lockdowns. And uh, we'll hear her say it herself. 
this crisis has shown us that, first of all, things can shift very rapidly when we put our minds to it and when we feel the immediate emergency to our livelihoods. And second, that um, clearly the system, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, that we had before is not sustainable. So I see it as a tremendous opportunity to really to have this great reset and to use this huge flows you know, of money to use the increased levers that policymakers have today in a way that was not possible before to create a change that is not incremental, but that we can look back and we can say this is the moment where we really started to position you know, nature at the core of the economy. <laughs> but don't worry, guys. I went to Snopes and Snopes says because she never mentioned climate lockdowns in those statements and never stated that they were coming, whether you like it or not, we have to rate this assertion as false. So they claimed that climate lockdowns are false because she doesn't necessarily say climate lockdowns, which we all know that has already happened. We saw it happen in France last summer. I believe it was last summer. It was like hot. And it got to a degree where they had to keep people inside. They were warning them that it was so dangerous that you have to be inside for extended periods of time because the sun would kill you, basically. We're going to see this. Read between the lines. People like Snopes and all these little agencies that want to tell us some bullshit that it's not true. I think we have more ideas of it being true. There's uh, a lot of now being talked about climate change causing more diseases, Causing ticks to cause more diseases like, oh, these certain ticks are now uh, forming more and the diseases are carrying with them because of the hot weather or that it's pushing them to other locations because of the hot weather. They're looking for cool weather. You're hearing a lot of this push for that. And we got World Economic Forum Davos Radio, right? So you could that's a podcast. They tell you this stuff. They flat out tell us what they're going to do. And climate lockdowns will be mixed with this COVID-19 style lockdowns. I think they saw that. And you're seeing the implication of talking about diseases and climate change going hand in hand because it makes it, you know, sounds good. You know what I'm saying? It sounds good together. It scares the people because you get a two for one. You're telling them it's so hot that not only will you die maybe because of the sun, but if the sun doesn't kill you, a virus is going to kill you. Now on this Davos Radio, what they discuss is this hypothetical disease X. A pathogen known as disease X, the virus that we don't know yet, but we do know is out there. Welcome to Radio Davos, the podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at the biggest challenges and how we might solve them. This week, the next pandemic is a matter of when, not if. So how can the world prepare for disease X? We can actually gain a lot of knowledge ahead of time about something that doesn't exist yet. A new book called Disease X says that even though we can't avoid future novel viruses arising, we can prepare for them and prevent a global disaster on the scale of COVID-19 happening again. When all of that homework has been done, we will be possibly quite a few steps ahead of any new virus before it emerges. We're kind of almost ready for anything that these viral families can throw at us. Author Kate Kellen says that even in a geopolitically fragmented world, history shows we can still all work together against this common enemy. The vast majority of the smallpox eradication work was done during the Cold War. The US and Russia were pointing missiles at each other, but they were also sharing vaccines. There was this huge push to eradicate this terrible disease. <clears throat> Bullshit! So just like the hypothetical Great Reset, which is not true at all, because if you listen to people like Snopes, not even true to the slightest. It's just a loosely based conspiracy theory. Like we heard from our friends at NPR. They're trying to just tell us like, don't listen to that stuff. It's just some guy writing some stuff down in a book to get some money. They don't have any actual power, even though all the world leaders go meet with that think tank all the time. And they do have, and they brag about, not only do they have, they also brag about having WEF members uh, world long, global young leaders in all kinds of powerful positions around the world. So you see the push. They're talking about these climate you know, lockdowns aren't real, but you hear them disease X, a uh, hypothetical disease that they're saying will come no matter what. Even though I thought a big virus deal like this, if you look through history, comes every hundred years. 1919, 1920, Spanish flu, 
2019, 2020, COVID-19. So now they're going to happen frequently. And what they're going to use as an excuse is going to be climate change. That is the comical part of it. And I think that's why we have to laugh at it. We got to call them out and be like, you guys are idiots. You guys are morons. This is stupid. It makes no sense. And I think the more we call them out and find good arguments against it, which we're going to keep digging and digging and trying to find you the better stuff, you know, we got some good stuff coming for you, but before we get to that. And now, back to real news. With all this disclosure of aliens, right? The government's telling us aliens are real. They're telling us they exist. They found crafts. They found people or guys, aliens, uh, something. <laughs> That's what they claim, right? In the midst of all this, it's been under our noses the whole time. McDonald's to debut spinoff fast food chain Cosmics next year in 2024. McDonald's chief executive said that the fast food giant planned to create a spinoff chain of smaller restaurants called Cosmics in 2024. Cosmic is a yellow colored part alien, part robot who appeared in the second phase of McDonald land. The franchise is fictional world inhabited by Ronald McDonald and his friends. So see, McDonald's was telling us all along, aliens are real. And if you don't believe that, let's play one of the Ronald McDonald land videos where it features Cosmic. Ronald McDonald and friends in the story of Cosmic. One day, a strange object landed in McDonald land. Look, a silver flower pot. Oh, that's no flower pot, Grimace. Who's there? Hi, where's people? Cosmic here. I popped in from outer space on a trade mission. Trade? Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. I get it. Trade. Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. <laughs> Boy, he moves fast. How about joining us in a picnic? I've got the McDonald's cheeseburgers, fries, and shakes. All right, trade you these for the lunch. Bye-bye. What was Ronald to do? Yeah, what? I'll save our lunch with my McMagnet. Cosmic couldn't hide. He was pulled by Ronald's McMagnet. What do you say we share? Now you've got the idea. Deliciously awesome. I've got to tell my people about McDonald's cheeseburgers later, dude. So Cosmic took off. Wow, what an incredible experience. Oh, right. I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> so I'll post this on uh, Telegram, even though we don't have too much going on, on Telegram, but you can get Kill the Mockingbirds uh, on Telegram. I'll post a couple of these videos. Basically, what it is is a commercial from the 80s. I think it was like around 1987. And Ronald and his friends are walking in McDonald's land or whatever it's called. And this mysterious floating object that looks like a UFO lands. And then this creature kind of like, that's his body and his head comes out. And then with six arms, just kind of interesting with all this alien talk that um, now we got cosmics to look forward to in 2024. Point of personal privilege. I want to thank y'all again for tuning in as always. To you know, tuning into Conspiracy Gangster, Ginger Snaps, Shadow Band Syndicate, Floating Mushrooms, and of course, the flagship show, Kill the Mockingbirds. We got some heat coming this week. I know you guys probably have heard that Floating Mushrooms, the time travel. We got some clone stuff coming tomorrow. Look forward to that. I think you guys will really enjoy it. A little breakdown of they clone tyrone and a couple other interesting facts that we have in there you know we do it our way as always don't forget follow us at kill the mockingbirds podcast on instagram you can follow me sean chris music on instagram or you can go to twitter where every now and then i'm retweeting some good stuff and you know arguing with some idiots sean chris ktmb or X or whatever we call it. Like I said, it's I'm not super active over there, but you could see me uh, uh, getting into it with uh, a lot of people every now and then or making jokes at them. Don't forget to check out my music, Sean Chris, on all music streaming platforms. This is Conspiracy Gangster. News with attitude. We're going to go out with, since we played some of the little schwabity schwab schwab, got his daughter talking about permanent lockdowns i think we should go with sean chris featuring king mega oh nothing be happy peace
Explosive like bands, right jab. Suicide bomber in a cab. Cooking up COVID in a Fort Detrick lab. 3D printing ARs, fuck a gun band. Monsoon of shells, full metal jacket. Gomer Powell gun to head, brain blast. Another dead bastard in a closed cast. Exposed to the state, Hassan has. Fuck your army and navy, nothing could save thee. Murder was the case, they gave me Stephen Avery. APB with the AT. You pity the fool, no wonder why you hate me. Microchips implanted a wrist, a quick flick and assist. Public transportation, Uber or Lyft. QR code denied. Jedi mind tricks, artistic violence by design. You own nothing, nothing. be happy. Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide. You own nothing and be happy. Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide. You own nothing and be happy. Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide. You own nothing and be happy. Look in the mirror what the man say Silence, not a damn thing, another campaign Hopes and dreams pop a bottle of champagne Coke train slang, pretty women cocaine John Wayne, six shooter Ukraine Fireball shots, Luke Kane Wars forever like Wu-Tang Lurch, you rang George W. Bush, rule change Twin towers fall, who hangs, who sang Roll switch, softball, slow pitch Poor bitch, apartment full of roaches Who's the father, paternity test Lava Mori Povich, fear and loathing Roller coasting, locomotion, it's so atrocious Building six exploding, eviction notice and debt AK-47, respect You own nothing, nothing, be happy Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide You own nothing, and be happy Manipulate the human population with propaganda. It's time for the working class to unite, get strapped up and locked and loaded. We ain't giving a fuck about body trumping under these bitch ass motherfuckers. It's the state against the people, not me versus you. Locked and loaded. Bye.